2: I know I'd go from rags to riches
0: if you would only say you care. Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the marks because as you picture Goodfellas one behind your boss's back, drug dealing minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Connor Kilpatrick, with me is Ron Richards. No, no, I would never do that, Connor. And Josh Flanagan. Hello. And this minute kicks off say, with Polly saying he doesn't need that kind of heat. And it ends with Henry needing some help. And uh, so we get, here we got some more intense, intense Paul Servino.
2: Intense Paul Servino, but then this is, we were talking, we talked a little bit about this yesterday about Henry and his ability to lie to Paulie. If you ask me, when Henry scratches his face as he's saying, no, no, I'll never do that, that's yeah. his tell that he's lying. Yeah. No, 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 and, no, no. It's fine. Yeah, and and like and he's distracting from the lie by scratching his cheek, and Pauly knows exactly what he's doing, and that's why he gets smacked. And the look on Ray Liotta's face after the smack is great. That's it, the that's my <laughs> note. That slap, that slap
0: surprised him. I, like, yeah, I, that I, feels I, like, like that's the actor. That <laughs> feels like I think Scorsese told told, told uh, yeah, uh, Savino to do, not told him. Yeah. That feels like a lot. He's I mean, surprised Yeah, I
2: mean, like, the, yeah, the 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 eye, the eyes bulging on Ray Liotta with this, like, the the blink and the you know, like, whoa, he just smacked me. It's like <laughs> well, the, the, also that moment of anger. Like, yeah, the- and then and then not only that, but then it cuts back to Pauly, and Pauly's got the pursed lips, which mm-hmm. is never a good sign. You know, no. like he's 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 like he's not he's not fucking around. He's like you know. This is so my favorite part
1: of this is the therapy aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so
2: much. <laughs> because I, that's not a note I would make. Oh man, those pursed lips. That means that not, the, I'm I'm not
1: reading uh, uh, family history into this in any way. I'm like, oh look at these people acting. I was like, I know
0: what that means. <laughs> Troubles are coming.
2: There's stuff there's stuff in Paulie's head that he's not saying that is ten times worse than what he's saying out loud. He wants to smack Henry right now. He knows. That's the thing we talked, we talked yesterday about whether or not he knows Henry's going to do it or not. This is the moment where he thinks he knows he's about to. You know, like he's – yeah, I think, think Pauly that, – that one scratch in the cheek gave him away. Mm. And and then and then there's the great juxtaposition of the you know Henry saying yeah of course no of course and then the immediate jump cut to a huge pile of cocaine.
0: Well, before we get to the cocaine, so <laughs> one thing Polly says is I got you out of prison early. Yes. Uh, so Henry's uh, job because he had to, he had to, yep. he got released because he had a gainful employment. That was one, one of the reasons why he got released. Yeah. It was a two hundred twenty five dollar a week job, office manager job for mm-hmm. uh, Philip Basili. A mob-controlled rock promoter on Long Island. Yep, and he was his disco. He owned, He was a rock promoter, and he owned discos. And he was Henry's supposed job coming out of prison was he was going to be the office manager for this this guy.
2: And it was. I mean, it was what they call in the business a, uh, a no show job. A no show job. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, which is ironic because he had to show up to pick up the check.
2: Well, yeah, because you had to get the pay stubs. That's yeah, yeah. that yeah. should the be best a way to show up though. Sometimes I mean, like, show you have to show up.
0: Yeah, that's a that's the best reason to do so. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the one of the ways he made some money, very little money.
2: So cocaine. Yeah. Well, that, that's uh, that's that's the that's the thing I think is funny is that when you talk about the the drug business that Henry gets in after prison, it, it's I mean it got to cocaine eventually, but it was well, wait, it was marijuana to start. Well, it's a couple of things, and so they they but they're conflating that
1: because what you hear here is he goes, so I uh, the I got rid of the Pittsburgh stuff that went really and I and there. They're clearly intimating that the Pitt stu- Pitt- Pittsburgh stuff here is cocaine.
2: Right. Right. Correct. Yeah, but
1: which we know it isn't. We just talked about it. Yeah. So, but they're saying you know for the purpose of this, which I think is a it's a good leap I think to make because well because it got there eventually too. Well, also, but like if you're watching this in the in the movies, you know, not on on your big TV or even on a little computer screen, then all of a sudden. You just went from Pauly's house where you heard the old-timey Tony Bennett music and there's a big plate of sausage. Oh, everything's fine. And then they smack you in the face with a 50-foot wall of cocaine, basically. Yeah. And, and the and Rolling and Stone the Stones starts up. And then and that's when you go, oh, no, everything has changed. Yeah. It's all the- and it's a great, great symbol for that with a smash cut and with a, just like, now it's this. And everything and everybody is going to be different. Every character is going to act different. Everything that Henry does is different now.
0: Which Rodic- is great, yeah. according to the book, uh within a month of getting you know, he was into cocaine.
2: yeah no, no, it't take long a, it's a slippery slope, yeah, no, I mean, it was right. he was
0: doing <laughs> <laughs> he was selling uppers he can't
2: marijuana he <laughs> was <laughs> a slippery
0: slope he was selling uppers, quaaludes, cocaine, and heroin Wow, cocaine, the quaaludes
1: was to come down
0: to even you out quaaludes. The cocaine yeah, so as I learned in another Scorsese movie. <laughs> <laughs> you it's mean funny. the same one, the same movie just done in Wall Street? Yeah, the same exact story and format.
2: No problem
1: with that at all.
0: Structure.
2: can do it. Can we? Before we talk more about cocaine and Sandy, can we quickly jump back to the no-show job?
0: Sure. Because uh, okay.
2: Phil Basile.
0: Sometimes I feel like this is a no-show job, by the way. Go
2: ahead. I have a, uh, I have a fun fact about Phil Phil Basile. Okay. Uh, which is that not only did he manage uh, clubs on Long Island, and the clubs where the Action House Speaks, Channel 80, and Industry. Did you ever go to those clubs, Ron? No, they were closed, long long time closed. Um, but he, d- discovered he, no. <laughs> <So Shane? laughs> he discovered and managed... polio. What? No. Shane? He discovered and managed... The band Vanilla Fudge, whoa, which is one of my father's favorite bands, and I grew wow. up listening to and that record. Flavors. And they did the great cover, the really slow cover of uh, "Set Me Free." Why don't you, babe? They do a really slow with like an organ, and it's like amazing. And my dad told me a story. And if I get this wrong, I'm sure he'll email in and correct me. He went Boy, to see back. he went to see Vanilla Fudge play in this late 60s, early 70s. And um, they were opening for a touring band from California and my dad left after Vanilla Fudge played because he liked Vanilla Fudge a lot and he never heard of this band, the, the touring band, and it was The Doors. Hmm. So, so my dad my dad left. He, he didn't see The Doors, but he saw Vanilla it's Fudge. Okay. So. He met out all right on that one. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, yeah, Phil Basile, rock manager. So there well, it look is. at that.
0: Yeah. Does your dad know how close he came to Mafia's people? Uh, I think I think there's a couple of stories that I can't talk about. But, <laughs> so yeah, let's so.
1: move on before that. Um, Henry already has a girlfriend. Well, and let's remember that he had his moment with her in the bedroom seven years ago.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was it was four Whatever. five
2: 14, years, years, years ago at most. <laughs> five years ago at most. Okay. Uh, this, this okay. Is, this, this is this uh, is taking liberty with the with the real story for the movie uh, because uh, this real life uh, girlfriend was in fact not related to Janice in any way.
0: She was. Yeah. She, she worked. Uh, she was part of the drug chain. Yeah. She yes, was.
2: She was uh, uh, a woman, Robin, by Robin Cooperman,
0: yeah,
2: uh, which is a great. <laughs> I just, I just, I just hear um, Steve Martin, <laughs> Robin Cooperman, uh, <laughs> uh, but she was a uh, she was a clerical worker at an air freight company. And uh, eventually became uh, Henry's girlfriend, and as we see here in the, in the scene, uh, helped him with prepping and and dealing with the cocaine uh, in trade for Henry to pretend that he was in love with her. So and and it's funny because in Wise Guy, Henry Hill, every time he mentions her, he goes, "Yeah, it sounds like with a lot of regret." Connor, did you pick that up <laughs> yeah. as well too? He's like, "I really shouldn't have been with this girl," but <laughs>
0: what are you going to do? Someone's got to cut the cocaine up. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's not yeah. going to be him. <laughs> Uh, and this is uh, what? What is this actress's name? Debbie Mazer. Debbie, Debbie Mazer. That's her. Yes, yes. She's and she's great in this. She was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was I was just uh, mixing her up with Ileana uh, Douglas for just a moment, but uh, I haven't done that, so I won't say the thing that I was going to say, which would have been wrong.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I was like, but, she was
1: dating Scorsese. Wait, no, that's the other one. Now,
2: now to go back to the cocaine, I know, uh, I know next to nothing about cocaine. And it with the quinine. But I feel like uh, playing cards are not the best tools for what she's doing. I Why guarantee not? you that that happened.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: they're cutting it up. They're, they're mixing they're it. Up. it up. I don't know anything about this stuff. Let's get the edge <laughs> kid to talk about the former edge <laughs> kid to talk about cocaine. Former, is <laughs> a key keyword. word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's not like I've never. Like, I, I, I don't think I've ever been in the room as cocaine. Like I, 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 I've, I've, I guarantee you have. Yes, and one of those clubs you go to. <laughs>
0: Oh. <laughs> the, the pinball community is rife with coke usage. Oh no no, 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 they have no. to mix the cocaine with the you know an agent to thin it, and they you, you cards are a good way to cut the, the powder. Up. Okay. Oh well, Cotter, you're speaking from uh, a lot of a lot of knowledge here. No, I'm just looking at what they're doing on the screen. <laughs>
2: so,
1: and
0: I, I watched a lot of like cop a shows. Yeah, that's really what we did. <laughs>
1: The candles are weird. I don't know. It's like it's a mood thing, but I wouldn't. Well, want it's it the that '70s. It's the
2: late '70s, and she's like, a, I mean, the, the, her
0: her yeah, smoking dude, There's a lava lamp in there. Somewhere. Her yeah. her smoking Henry cigarette. That was weird. The whole thing's just all weird. She's wearing some sort of see through dress. She was hoping for you know a romantic evening. He's like, cut this cocaine up.
2: I no, think she's we'll, in I a tank top. You're you're mixing this up with the later scene. She's in corduroys and a tank top in this scene. Yeah, I think bad. we can be
1: pretty clear clear why Henry was making the bad decisions he was making over and over again.
2: Yeah, look at that tank she top. She was on drugs and she was nuts. Look was, at that tank top. And he'd been in
1: prison for a long time, and his wife was older now. Well, hang
0: on. Let's talk about the tank top. He was having actually a lot of sex with his wife in, in prison. Yeah. They were they would meet outside the farm. Was she wearing That's a tank nice. Was she wearing a tank top? Maybe in the summertime. Do you think that
1: slowed him down at all with his girlfriends?
0: No, not at all. No, Friday's for the girlfriends. Yeah, you seen this tank top?
1: <laughs> it's a great tank top. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, so this brings us to the time that we have to talk about the song. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're gonna get to what you're saying later. Uh, this is probably the, the the signature song. I think when it comes to uh, Martin Scorsese in cinema, I uh, was talking about uh, "Give Me Shelter." Or uh, is, it, is it Comfortably Numb? No, it's Gimme Shelter. Okay. Um, by the Rolling Stones. Uh, he's, of course, related to the Rolling Stones in a big way. He made a documentary about uh, the Rolling Stones, in which he did not use this song, uh, Shine a Light, uh, in 2008. The irony of it. Um, but he's also incredibly um, uh, influenced by the, the documentary Gimme Shelter, uh, which was the title of the uh, David and Albert Maisel's uh, documentary about the Altamont show um and and Scorsese has actually made a lot of really good music documentaries in addition but that that was sort of the 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 pattern from which he he took it um he used this song in Goodfellas he in 1990s this is the first one in Casino in 1995 and again in The Departed in 2006 uh, which also featured comfortably numb but it was the version by Roger Waters and therefore stupid yes um, agreed come on <laughs> <laughs> so this song is from the 1969 album Let It Bleed it opens that up um if you're a Rolling Stones person, um, or a rock person, really, it's a super important song. It, it, has, a, it has a whole other feel than other stuff that was going on from that time. It's a, a signature Keith Richards riff. Um, and, of course, they brought on the, the female vocalist, Mary, uh, M-E-R-O-Y, Clayton, uh, who they called late at night, woke her up out of bed and had her come in. She sang for a couple hours, went Wasn't back that
0: uh, prominent in that documentary?
1: Yes. Um, and, and I think her voice really is the thing that stands out. Um, and as we learned later, uh, for years, we had no idea that she was saying rape and murder over and over again, which is funny.
2: Um, <laughs> Wait, who didn't know that? <laughs> I didn't know that until, that, until the no talk band. Until that faithful day in Josh's apartment. <laughs> yeah. Now, I find that interesting,
0: Ron, that you hate this song so much.
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm not a Rolling Stones person. I'm
1: not either. Yeah, but there's a historical thing going on here, and and had it not been for Martin Scorsese songs, I don't know that I would ever really think about it all that much, or Martin Scorsese movies. But since it's in there, and it's funny because other people use this in movies too, and I'm always like, why? Right, Mart- Marty
2: did it already three times, so you're you spinning no. your wheels here. I don't know. I, uh, I I don't like the Rolling Stones. I just I mean, like it's funny because you you, you often talk about are you a Beatles or Stones person or you you know like and I've always been a more Beatles person, but I've just they just put such a bad taste in my mouth and I get that they put out good records in the sixties and seventies and I get the importance in sure. the his, historical standpoint, but I also sat in the record store and watched the stock steel wheels and like all like just stop just stop just stop playing just enjoy you made so much money why do you need to keep touring so they love it oh. they love it oh god but
1: I the same thing like i cannot get into the rolling Stones. No, I can't. i've never yeah. been able to I've, yeah. I've tried to listen to interviews with keith richards and i find mick jagger fascinating i will tell you that much like he's fascinating yeah but as a like a weird like what is this person that kind of thing but you know uh, you know there's definitely something to there's something magical about this track at the very least. I mean it's Yeah, I mean this is an an art a song. lot of things yeah. going. It's super yeah. raw. I mean like this I'm surprised it was that early that it's a bunch of pretty posh white British guys doing a song that is is very R&B bluesy well that was always that, that that was that always, always there i know but thing, even though, yeah. you could always you could always kind of like this it feels like it feels really good compared to a lot of a lot of that stuff is that sort of it's it's like when they're really young doing blues songs and they're going for it but they still sound like they are. I think that
2: th- I think and that's part of the reason why I don't like I don't I didn't like them because I was never a big fan of the R and B blues sure. kind of influence type thing. Even though even though I was at, at a time a huge uh, Zeppelin and Jimmy Page fan, and Jimmy Page was influenced by all that. I mean, which which I I get and understand, but uh, but for some reason, like when looking at you know the Stones and Zeppelin and Beatles and all stuff like that, the Stones were always the one that I just never took a shine to, and just never was really interested in. Um, uh, and uh, really, the only positive mem- positive even thought I have of the Stones
0: was what that day playing Rock Band. Well, this is why it's so interesting that you hate this song so much, and we're going to digress for a second, but yeah. we, many, many, many years ago, <laughs> the three of us and, and Josh's wife, I was going to say at the time, I don't know what I was going to say at the time. Still married. Still your wife. <laughs> um, played Rock Band at Josh's house, and you sang the hell out of this. <laughs> I mean, you, you gave it everything a man could give a song. <laughs> I mean, I was always really impressed by that. You just I, went for that's it. True. I did, didn't I? Yeah. You are in Josh's apartment, shouting "rape, murder" at the top of your lungs. I think over that's and part over. of you had, it. Do, you had to do Mick's part and Mary's part. Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: yeah, I think I think that was purely. I mean, it was just because you all were playing the other instruments, and I happened to be singing. Whoa, whoa!
0: We were miming the other instruments. Well, you were playing them.
2: I was, I was. Doing well, whatever. Hair you're hair. playing the okay. game. You were playing the instruments yeah, yeah. in the game, right? I'm not. Yes, I'm not making a judgment on whether you're playing guitar or not. I'm just saying we're playing Rock Band. That's what was happening. Um, but uh, I, I think it should be noted that I, I am not a good singer. No, but um, it was, you gave I, it everything. I, 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 I don't really like singing. Um, but and, then again, I've seen you get up on stage in front of. Well, Lots I, of people and sing. I was gonna say, well, because I was, I was, I was having a very fun evening. Um, <laughs> I, I, w- I, would say that I do of there are three karaoke rock band esque performances in my lifetime that I consider my my finest hour and uh, finest hours, as it were. And and this song I do that day in Josh's apartment is one of them. Uh, the other one is uh, the other one is uh, uh, Blitzkrieg Bop. Uh, Ramon song uh, here in San Francisco, playing rock band as well too. Um, I, I sang the hell out of that song. I was also having a lovely evening that night, and then also as Connor you mentioned, uh, EMF's unbelievable in Las Vegas at our friend's wedding. Um, so I listen when I go for it, I go for it. That's all I could say. I right.
1: I I want I, w- I want to say the thing that I was I was noticing to this is that um they say m- Mick Jagger was on harmonica and it was not some studio musician, and I was like that's a really good harmonica, like it sounds great, it's a really well recorded song. It's it's,
2: a, it's you're, you're talking more and more about liking the Stones and I'm not liking it to be honest with you. I'm liking I'm I, I can say I <laughs>
1: overall I don't you know what I don't like I don't like Keith Richards guitar tone and I never have. No, yeah, and I don't like I don't
2: like the drum. I don't like Charlie Watts. I, I don't like Charlie like, Watts. oh uh, no, I just don't like any of Ron Wood. They're just not. there's just if uh. Ron Woods was not what Ron Wood was not in the band at this time. Oh well, all right, well whatever. I just hate the
1: haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, it kind of cool.
2: No, no, It's not for me. Just not my kind of. Not my kind of. Not, kind of, not they're my. They're
1: all of we, They're all anyone had in 1969. The Beatles all hated each other at this point, so this is what there was. Those was a Beach Boys. Oh, so you say you think that's all there was in 1969? I'm saying at the sort of top of the backing order, and at this point, at this point.
2: Oh, Brian, oh, oh, really? One, oh, okay, so now we want to Brian talk about was what was going back. on in 1969? Do you? Because I'm there was a, at the top of the heap. Okay. The things that. that okay. Have, oh, wow. So in 1969. <laughs> in 1969. Led Zeppelin's, Led Zeppelin's first record came out. Good. How many uh, more times? Okay. Um, in 1969, Johnny Cash recorded at San Quentin and recorded A Boy Named Sue.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Let's, there, not, let's not forget some, that, right? Um, uh, uh, uh,
1: um, what's his name on guitar? Um, <sighs> Carl Perkins.
2: Okay. Uh, Carl Perkins. 1969, Tommy James and the Shondells released Crimson and Clover. Okay, really, Ni- that's on your list. Crimson and Clover, holy cow! Have you heard that song? <laughs> oh my god! Nineteen sixty nine. Crazy by now. In nineteen sixty nine, near Dead. the be- near the beginning,
0: by Vanilla Fudge was released. <laughs> okay, I don't know that you're. I don't know that you're helping your argument. Is point. this happening because we got nothing else to talk about this minute? No, this it's
2: happening because Josh said nothing was going on in nineteen sixty nine, and I call foul. In nineteen sixty nine. The who released Tommy? No. Yes. No. Yes it's 68. No, it's
1: 1969.
2: May 1969. Look it up. I'm say that because I'm looking at it. In 1969, <laughs> Deep Purple's self-titled album came out. Let's not forget. Not forget.
0: Sugar, Sugar by the Archies.
2: Right, which is great. That's a great song. Right, nineteen sixty nine. Nineteen sixty nine was a an amazing year. Not only did Led Zeppelin's first record came out, but their second record came out in nineteen sixty nine. It came out so fast they didn't have time to think of a title.
1: Right, exactly. Just a call two. <laughs> you know what I would? You know what I would tell you? What? Without the Rolling Stones, there is no Led Zeppelin. No, no,
2: there is no Led Zeppelin. Nope, nope. Okay. I, I I do not. I do not. Uh... I do not British, acknowledge that British
1: guy is doing blues rock. You yeah, think he was doing 50 the. 50. It was he was already
0: doing the Yardbirds.
2: right, we're completely again. off topic. By the again. way, again,
0: yeah. the Rolling Stones guys, guys, <laughs> guys in the ghetto.
2: I wanna- <laughs> <laughs> was that sixty nine too. Yes. Wow, that's Come a great song. That's over here.
0: In the ghetto. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm saying 1969 is 1969 is a legendary year for music. But That's all I'm saying. It is, it's
0: fine, it's Woodstock. I guess. <laughs>
2: so, well, also Woodstock.
0: Oh, Gosh, you walk into a like a sea of rakes, and you keep stepping on a rake and you in the nose. You turn That's
1: around. Right. I was I, all I was basically all I meant to say was that the Beatles were breaking it at the time. So the two bands at the top of that heap are the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. A so,
2: little a, a little music festival called Woodstock. Maybe
0: you've heard of it. Um, the MC5. Here's what I want to do. You're like, Here's uh, I you tie a clown this. on all the rakes. Is that the one? Yeah, that's you.
2: Here's what I want. MC5 was that early? Yes. That's amazing. Um, wait, no, MC5 wasn't I, 69. I'm sorry. The Stooges' first record was 69. Wow, that's still impressive. Yeah. Um,
1: the, if I were to tie this all back in, um, when I heard, um, what's the, the brother? Oh, I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, MC5 was 69. Kick out the jams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. uh,
1: motherfucker. Um, who's the, the guy who plays the brother in the chair? Michael. Lieutenant Sherlock. Dan? No, in this movie,
2: <laughs> the character actor. <laughs> you know
1: what I'm talking about? Kevin Corrigan. Me? Kevin Corrigan. Are we, are we Kevin Corrigan. Movie? So <laughs> when Kevin Corrigan talked about uh, being on in this movie, and we will discuss this at a certain point on uh, on Mark Maron's podcast. Um, Wait, we're going on a Mark Maron's podcast? No, 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 no. When he talked about it, he would said he would be on set, and he would Shane? talk to Scorsese. <laughs> about about music and Scorsese had an encyclopedic knowledge of music. Yeah, no, he yeah. could he could, and so like, wouldn't you love to have this conversation with Martin Scorsese?
0: He would destroy you.
1: He would destroy. Uh, no, you. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. what but you I, just said, would. I would just want to listen to him talk. Right. And uh, and 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 I think it's. I mean, this is one of the things about this this movie and all, pretty much all of his movies is that he's he's the best person that there is at using contemporary quote unquote music. You know. He's not just putting in a hit song. He's putting in the correct...
0: Contemporary. He's used the Contemporary same to the songs for of- all his movies. No, but they're usually period-specific. Wolf of Wall Street and Departed all use the same... I mean, it's all the same... Yeah. It's like the same 20 songs. He's, I mean, yeah, a-
2: Martin Scorsese definitely has a... We- like, similar to where, like, yeah, like if one of us were to make a movie, there would be a specific sound. Like he's got a wheelhouse, and this is right in there, which makes sense.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, like, yeah, um. it's prior to this movie, but he's just yeah. it is. The I guess it's this one. Over over. It's yeah.
1: interesting if you if you yeah you're probably right. I probably screwed that up as well. I'm not. This is not a good episode for me. Um,
0: wow. I think Have I speak for everyone that? listening when I say, "Is this
1: minute over yet?" I,
2: think I, don't so.
1: think I'm, oh, I'll, I don't think that I'm guilty of the thing that Ron thinks I am. I think you jumped on a thing and you got to say a bunch of things and it was fun because I don't <laughs> disagree with you.
2: Um, right. No, I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I recognize uh, that. It was what we call a bit. Yeah, no, I got that. Okay. Well, I'm
1: glad that everybody at home knows too. I feel vindicated.
0: Okay,
1: good. I can't think of another director that they keep using the same song over and over again. You'd be okay with it.
0: No. Agreed. Oh, Agreed. Totally. You know, and he, I, he, I've seen people criticize Chris Hessey for it. There's lots of comfortably numb jokes whenever new an, movie comes out. What other movies does he put comfortably numb in besides The Departed? I have to look it up. I don't there, have that information at my fingertips. There are more
2: recent, uh, more recent. There are more recent uh, Scorsese movies where I've groaned at the music. Yeah,
0: he. he people definitely credit him for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, did, you know that, did you know that? Did you know that? G- really g- like. g- Give me shelter was also in a little movie called Adventures in Babysitting.
1: Oh wow! It. <laughs> All right, should we end this show? Are we done? i Let's, guess, let's yeah. wrap it up. man. Yeah. done. I'm sorry, that not not since the Long Island Arena. <laughs> this
0: show done what it just did. I think this is worse. Possibly. Well, it was coke. coke fueled. So, uh, fuck count was one when uh, Tommy looks at the bag of money. Oh, let's do the fun fact. Oh yeah. So uh, why not? Minute, we're, we're already a half hour in. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even talk about how this minute ends, which, in which uh, oh Henry,
2: yes. uh. Henry
0: goes all in on drug dealing, and he's got so much business that he needs help. So he calls in Jimmy and Tommy, who are thrilled to get into the drug business. Well, and that that was my that
2: was my question: is that he talks about how he needs help, and they're they they're, they're at their parole meetings. Why do you bring a bag with a shoebox full of money to parole your parole meeting? got to
0: split it up somewhere.
2: No, I know, but couldn't they do this in the car or at the diner? Like I just feel like this is a
0: bad place to bring that much money. It I'm is. It also shows anything. how much power they have.
2: Okay, fair enough.
0: So, uh What's the that? they open the bag up and it's full of stacks of $20 bills and Andrew Jackson was put on the $20 bill in 1928 where uh, previously he'd been on the $10 bill, which is ironic because Oh wow. People are now talking about getting rid of Alexander Hamilton off the 10 and and not Andrew Jackson off the 20. And everyone hates Andrew Jackson. Yeah. It's horrible. They should be getting rid of Let's not get political here, but Andrew Jackson should be getting removed from the twenty. Pretty sure
1: in the 1820s, I can say that
0: he's horrible. He was an asshole. Also, the nickname for the $20 bill is a double sawbuck.
2: A double sawbuck. I always say, why don't
0: people use cool phrases like that anymore? Here's that double sawbuck I owe you. Yeah. So. Why? Because Nothing like that for a debit card. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the fun fact. The fuck count was one, And let's get out of here before we start talking about the Stones again. That's it for Minute 89. Tune in tomorrow for Minute 90. And they wrap up for the m- week. You can, and until that happens, you can check us out on Twitter at Goodfellows Minute. And on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellows Minute. And you can find all the episodes at Goodfellows and support the show by going to Patreon.com slash GFM or goodfellowsminute.com slash support where you can shop via Amazon. And all those patrons who support us at the proper level get their very own mob nickname in tomorrow's episode. Here's a, here's a little spoiler for you. We're giving away not one, but two wow. mob nicknames tomorrow's episode. So check that out. Be sure to tune in for that. And until then, goodbye. Or will I go from rags to return My fate is on.